Welcome to the Broadway Church Leadership Podcast. My name is Paul and I will be your host. Thank you so much for joining us again this month. Hey, I know every podcast asks you to do this, but wherever you consume this podcast, we would so appreciate it if you could rate and review our podcast because it helps other people engage with the content. This is our last episode in our conversation with our next-gen staff at Broadway Church about serving our students and how to reach our next generation. We're going to jump back in talking to Pastor Emily DeRyder, our kids pastor at Broadway Church. Please stick around to the end of the podcast because I have a very special announcement you are not going to want to miss. So let's jump in to this month's Broadway Church Leadership Podcast. So Pastor Emily, why don't you tell us a little bit about your journey to ministry? Because I actually knew you when you were just, not just, but yeah. you were a mom, uh, not involved in ministry here at Broadway Church. I've, I've known Pastor Nathan as Pastor Nathan and Lewis as Pastor Lewis. Uh, I knew you when you were, before you were Pastor Emily. Tell us a little bit about your journey. Yeah, if you're a really good volunteer, they ask you if you want to work here, by the way. <laughs> um, so my journey is kind of kind of funny. Um, I did grow up in a Christian home, and my parents were really diligent about um, making church our priority, making God a priority. Um, I was volunteering in the kids' ministry at 10 years old. Uh, mm. I always found kids uh, comfortable for me, and I, I felt like it was God had kind of just placed that the natural thing in my heart that I, I knew what to do. Uh, it was the only thing that I was kind of sure of. Um, but it was just a love of mine, and so I did that. I um, uh, I worked with kids kind of throughout like high school and uh, and that sort of thing, and then uh, I, I took a turn, and I decided to go into interior design. Uh, so that's what I did mm -hmm. uh, for a while, and that was also during the time where um, I I wasn't quite sure if my faith was my own, and so it was my I was in my early twenties. I had a lot of questions, and so I, I ended up at this place called Youth Church, which you, you've heard uh, Lewis talk about in that, in that first um, uh, podcast, and uh, that was Pastor Simon and Pastor Lewis uh, were part of that, and it's there that uh, my faith became real to me, that I felt like God had a plan for me and um, and that it became real to me, and so that was a big aha moment. I. Um, was instantly just um, uh, put into ministry, and so I, I did that. Um, I was never planning on going into ministry, and yet uh, it, it was always on my heart. And so um, after a while, I started teaching preschool, so there was another turn. <laughs> I've had a lot of jobs. Mm -hmm. um, uh, but anyway, and so uh, and then I, I got a phone call from Lewis about five years ago, uh, and he asked if wanted to meet with him um, and Shelly, who's our, our HR director, and and offer me a job. And so I I went um, out of politeness. I was never planning on saying yes, mm. <laughs> uh, which just shows how uh, amazing shows God how is. Shows how polite you are. Right? Yes. <laughs> shows how polite, right? Um, and so I went uh, and um, talked with them, and, and they offered me the assistant role here. Kids assistant. So, kids assistant, yeah. So it was part-time, uh, and I was not planning on taking it, and I just remember uh, praying, and I remember si sitting at my kitchen table. Um, my, my lovely husband had taken the girls out, and he said, you know, just take some time to pray about it. And so I remember seeing um, just like these two roads in, in opposite directions, and neither, uh, neither was wrong. So God had just painted this picture about you can go down this way, um, and it's fine and dandy, or you can go down this other way, um, but it will it will be harder. 
uh, but it will be more fulfilling. And so uh, I just felt in my heart that this was the right choice. Uh, and so took the job. And then I said to my husband, because uh, he joked and he's like, oh, maybe you'll be the director one day. And I looked at him, I said, I will never be the children's director. And you know how when you say something so mm -hmm. boldly and so clearly, and in that moment, I was just like, oh no. Like, I, I just knew in my moment that God had something bigger. Um, and I also know that God knows us so intimately and knows um, that sometimes uh, we need to be uh, pulled along in different steps in order for us to get there because the one big step um, would look uh, just a lot harder <laughs> anyway. And so um, I really didn't think I was capable, and that was the bottom line. And so God had to do a lot of work on my heart uh, to show me that I just needed to be willing and He would do the rest. And so that's how I ended up in this position, and I truly feel called, and I love I love what I do. I love that I get to just um, share the love of God with children and with families. It's just, it's a passion of mine. And I'm glad that God pull, pulled me along, even though I didn't think that I was capable. Uh, I know that you see yourself as a, a partner to the parent, that that you don't see yourself as the spiritual provider for the, a child, but you see yourself as an equipper of parents or a partner with a, a, a godly set of parents to help their, their child thrive. Why don't you speak to this, this idea of, you know, the, the relationship between the church and the parent in, 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 in the love and the discipline of their kids, and in, in, in not discipline in a kind of, you know, uh, you're grounded type <laughs> of way, but discipline in, in helping them become disciplined uh, uh, as they grow. Why don't you speak to that, uh, that tension, that relationship? Totally. So we uh, don't have the amount of time with your children uh, that you do. And so I think this relationship works best with, um, again, like the, what you said, like the togetherness. And uh, our hopes is that we can kind of set you up on a little bit of a roadmap so that when we, um, that way we can partner. So we can set you up with the resources and what we teach on a Sunday, but you're actually doing the, the hard work, the legwork behind it of making it practical and real in your home. And so I think a, a good parent uh, partnership with the church is um, a, like we've talked about, making church a priority and being interested in what they're learning and then continuing that through the week and having these conversations, um, as well as we want to be a place that if there is something going on in your child's life, in your life, that that you are telling us and so that we can be part of that and that we can walk alongside you as a parent. I'll just jump in. You know, we, we say here... Um, Broadway Church is not and cannot be the primary spiritual caregiver for your child. If your church is the primary spiritual caregiver, you're doing godly parenting wrong. <laughs> you need to be that as the parent, and you need to take ownership of that. And you know what? It takes time, and it you're not always going to do it right. In fact, I could admit, actually, this morning, I did it wrong. <laughs> Do tell. Do yes, tell. I won't get yeah. into it. Just trust me on this one. But the church is here to support, mm -hmm. um, but you need to model it. That's huge. I mean, I, and I, I've told a story in one of our parenting classes of, I can still picture my mom reading her Bible as I walk up the stairs, laying on her bed. I can still picture her reading her Bible or my dad reading his Bible on the couch to the left of the stairs. You know, kids have those kind of things ingrained in their memory. And so you need to be that primary spiritual caregiver. 
Uh, you mentioned uh, a phrase that Pastor Nathan used as well when he was talking before, making church a priority. What does that look like? What do you see when you go, this family is making church a priority? Is it just about showing up? Is it just about, well, we see you there every week or we see you on a, like, is it, I mean, I, I think presence is a big part of it, but what maybe be, maybe the better question is what other than just showing up every week makes you feel like this family's making church a priority? Yeah, so when I say making church a priority, great question, because I should expand, I mean um, the church. So I'm talking about mm. the community that it is. I'm talking about being part of it and serving um, as a family, as parents. Um, th- that is uh, just coming to church is the very surface level bare bones. But if your child sees that you're part of the church, um, that that's the priority, then that's got an action. Pastor Nathan, you have a couple of sentences on that? Yeah, I, I would just piggyback off what Emily said in that when I see students who are consistently coming to youth and like uh, on fire for Jesus and super plugged in, it's not just that their parents attend on a Sunday, but I think they are involved in ministry. They are on the worship team on a Sunday morning. They're in the tech booth. They are uh, helping to oversee one of our international ministries. And those are the students that I see the most passionate because it's not just, hey, let's go to church on a Sunday, but they've really modeled to their children that church is something that you're a part of, that you use your gifts, you volunteer, you serve, and you give back. And they see that. I cannot emphasize this enough that it it's not just about you saying church is a priority. It's not just about you telling them that they should go to church or that they should care about God. They have to see it in your life. They have to see it modeled for them. Uh, what you do is going to speak way more and way louder than what you say, and they will pick up on that. And so if you're saying that Jesus is important, but you're not showing that through your actions and the way you live, then they're going to see right through that, and it's not going to be important to them. That's a great transition into our next question and talking point. We're talking about the characteristics of a Christ-centered home. You know, we we hope that our homes are centered on Christ, that, that He is the reason and, and the center of everything that's going on in a home. Emily, what do you see uh, as the characteristics of a Christ-centered home? So I've asked, been asked this before, and I think people are, are looking for uh, what to do, like the task side of things. Mm-hmm. When in fact it's um, it's how you are to be essentially, and so I ask parents, and I've asked myself these questions too: of um, is your relationship with God your top priority? So I ask that one, and then the second question is: Do you have any hurts um, or habits um, or hangups? <laughs> anyway, um, but do you have any trauma in your life that is affecting your parenting? Or relationships, and so I ask those two questions. And so I, like I, I love reading books about parenting and uh, children's brains, and I, I'm I just love. I find it really interesting. the The best thing that I did to create a godly home was to, uh, and my husband as well, um, was to take the time to um, deal with any. Um, hurts uh, or trauma that has happened in my life, and then to also continue that journey constantly. Mm. Uh, I will also say that uh, you cannot do it alone. 
And so if you're first doing that, then when you, re- when you really truly know that God sent his son Jesus to die on the cross for you, um, because you are worthy of his love. When you truly know that from the depths of your soul, you that w- everything uh, will come from that. And so uh, your patience will come from that. Your understanding will come from that. And so um, I would start there. And all the other things uh, that are amazing to do won't have the same effect if you're not doing that first. And so after that, then yes, uh, spending time with God, um, serving together, sharing your story with your children. Children love stories. So sharing mm-hmm. what God has done in your life and sharing your ups and downs, the things you've done wrong and how God has taught you through them. Um, we've been, uh, I've, I've been reading a book and uh, talking about um, just how how Jesus taught the disciples and he did it through um, many different ways, but he, he did it in, he made these classroom settings uh, in these everyday life stories. And so he was teaching them as as they went along doing life. It wasn't just uh, telling them what to do, but it was showing them. And so, um, and using stories and using all these other techniques. And so I think that that's super important, but it first has to come with, is it a priority for you? Um, have you recognized the grace that, that God has put on your own life? And then responding to that and creating that environment from that. Pastor Lewis, as a father, uh, what does having a Christ-centered home, what does that mean to you when you hear that? Um, it means marrying someone who's better at fostering that than you are. <laughs> <laughs> it's a true story. She is. <laughs> um, uh, Carrie does play a big role, but I think I think it's a team. As a, as a couple, I think you need to have a game plan. Sure. If we're on the same page, we want – our goal is to raise our children to want to love Jesus when they're older. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we, we try not to force it to them. Um, we try to explain things. We try mm-hmm. to explain the difficult things to them, you know, at six, seven, eight years old. Um, and so for us, it's keeping the communication and the relationship aspect of our parenting very high mm-hmm. um, and always involving the spiritual aspect of it. I'll give you one quick example. Um, Carrie and my boys came here to church on a Sunday night and I was already here. We have some skateboarders in the uh, underground parking mm-hmm. lot. And and my wife, Carrie, she just, her sweet spot is like interacting with strangers and hugging them, even during COVID. Okay. Um, and uh, our kids are like ingrained with this. And um, our son was asking our six-year-old, Clay, he was like, Mom, that guy looks thirsty. We should go give him a drink. And we have water bottles in the back of the car mm-hmm. that the boys use for school. And they were in a rush. It's like, oh, okay, if, if he's here afterwards... You know, we'll, we'll give him a water bottle. And he was still there after the service. And Clay, little six-year-old, walked up to this guy by himself, not even with wow. Carrie, and handed him. And, you know, skate, he's got, like, long hair, like a kind of scary-looking dude, right? Yeah, um, skateboarders are very scary. <laughs> yeah, how's that for a Shout out to all statement? my skateboarder <laughs> listeners. <laughs> um, but it's, it's, it's fostering that type of environment. Mm-hmm. And, again, we're not always perfect, but that's what we strive to do. Now, before we wrap up, Pastor Emily, I know um, it was in the room uh, a few months ago when you shared with our staff something that felt like a uh, a manifesto about how you believe family ministry should be integrated into the life of the church, and we we called it the Broadway Family Framework. And and I kind of wanted to give you the last word there uh, to to share a little bit about that. And, and why don't you just uh, go with that? So. Uh... 
I don't know when it was. I think it was probably two years ago, maybe the beginning of COVID when everyone had a little more time to think. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so, and I was just thinking about our kids ministry and I kind of had this image of this like woven basket. And um, I felt like it was, uh, we were pouring it into, you know, these kids, but it was leaking out because there was no connection with with the parents. And it kind of just had not, um, I don't know, it had not been um, fostered before. It just wasn't intentional. And so God just really put it on my heart of just how can we make this connection with the parents and do a better job with that. And so um, what I wanted to do was to kind of take the guesswork out for families and create kind of this... Um, uh, I guess roadmap or um, just kind of um, just ba- uh, basic things that parents and their kids could do at every stage and phase um, just to make some of these things happen. So we just had a, um, uh, we did a parenting Bible class and then a Bible presentation. So what happened there was um, parents had a class just about how we can help our children read the Bible. And so it's it's interesting how something like that, which you think, oh, it's so simple and it's really the base of our faith, but it wasn't happening in, in a lot of our homes. And so this gave... Um, just a good outline for parents to attend the class, to have these tips, and then to make it a priority, and then also to show the significance to their children. Hey, like this is this is what our whole faith is based on. We want to make it a priority and make it um, an invitation to our children, just like how Lewis talked about. It's not about forcing them; it's about helping them discover God through reading the Bible together. And so, and if there's if people want to hear more about that, mm-hmm. can they find that information online? Uh, yes. So our event, yes. When this is out, it will be online. <laughs> yeah. Um, bwaykids.ca or? Yes. Broadwaykids.ca. Yes. Broadwaykids.ca. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Broadwaykids.ca. Yeah. We're changing websites. That's why. Okay. But anyway, uh, it will be up there. And so, uh, and it will have a, there's actually a few other things that are coming um, in the pipeline of 2022. And uh, the idea is that it's, it's putting on, um, Some of it is like event-based, like a preteen and parent night, and then we're going to talk about identity. Um, Some of it is resources on how you can just better equip your children. Um, It's really a whole kind of array of things, and it's a lot of these milestones just to help parents out on this journey so that they know how to take the practical next step as well as um, just having a community around them. So we're just trying to create more community as well, just within the parents so that when you have something that I know, like I've really appreciated talking to parents that have older children saying, hey, we're we're reaching this phase. What worked for you? Um, And just having that community as well. So that's also something that we're putting as part of this framework as well. I've so enjoyed this discussion over these months as we've discussed how to help our students love Jesus well and how we can love them better. Thank you so much to our NextGen staff for being part of this discussion over these months. Now, I asked you to stay tuned till the end of the podcast for a very special announcement, and this is a very special announcement. Next month on the Broadway Church Leadership Podcast, we are going to have our very first special guest. Her name is Susan Well. She's written a book that I know that you're going to enjoy when you hear about it. We're going to sit down and unpack it a little bit. She's a wife. She's a pastor's wife, a mom, a grandma. And I just am so excited to be able to sit down with her and unpack the stuff that God has put on her heart. She's been a real encouragement to my wife and I in our ministry over the years. And I think you'll appreciate hearing from her. So don't miss that as it comes up next month. Thanks again for joining us at the Broadway Church Leadership Podcast. And another big thanks to Grant McAllister, our audio technician, and the guy who wrote the cool jingle that you'll hear at the beginning and the end of this podcast. We do this because when it comes to leadership, that'll do, just won't do. See you again next month on the Broadway Church 
Leadership Podcast. 